Hey, Gaia. So what are we talking about today? All right. So for our first episode, we are talking about 2021 predictions. We have Matt Mirajewski with us, who leads our search marketing capability at Merkle, and he keeps advertisers on the forefront of the industry. He helps businesses use search and media data to build holistic strategies across Google, Facebook, and the rest of the digital ecosystem. If you are a search practitioner, you'll want to hear what Matt has to say about where to invest your time and money in the coming year. He has a lot of bold predictions to share, as well as some key lessons from the wild ride of 2020. Very cool. Well, let's go ahead and get started then. We're live. All right, Matt, welcome to the show. Um, and our question for you this week is, what is your number one prediction for what will happen in 2021 in SEM primarily? Yeah, um, I've got a lot to say about that. And I, I think I'll break it down into sort of a few different buckets. Um, you know, number one, there'll still be a really big burning platform in the privacy realm. Advertisers are trying to understand how you know, privacy will impact their marketing. I think, uh, you know, fortuitously in search, a lot of first party data is leveraged and the keyword is still king in the channel. And therefore there's less of a dependency on first party data. However, sort of moving the other direction, which is leveraging that search first party data in other channels will become a much more impactful strategy. So I think that's something to really sort of look forward to for search marketers, um, pulling that value through to display and video and leveraging that information as the third party cookie um, and sort of other model data outside of those, the Google or Facebook eco ecosystems become readily available. And then sort of sure. the second half of that is like, what do the search practitioners need to do? So we've thought about what the advertiser needs to focus on or, or what they'll be focused on. Um, but I think the search practitioner needs to think about where they're investing their time. It's been very Google focused for the past few years. And I think we'll see in 2021 more in time investment in non-traditional, non-Google search engines. Um, so that's Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and Apple. Um, so really expanding the time that a practitioner is spending in one particular engine will shift elsewhere. And then number two is working with different departments. So there's been a lot of investment in 2020 because of COVID and because of digital transformation in data and technology. And because of that, different teams have been engaged. A lot of data scientists, a lot of analytics individuals, a lot of people focused on audience segmentation, but they lack the media discipline to understand where those um, segments or the work that they've done in models can actually then apply to the media investment or activation element. And so practitioners in search need to be aware of and cognizant of how to best apply those business, that business intelligence into media activation. So for someone that isn't as familiar with the search side of things, what does that actually mean? Like, what can you give us an example of like a very like simplistic example of how that could look like a real life case? Yeah. So, in search, a lot of uh, advertisers have been leveraging, you know, normal remarketing cookies. And so has this individual been to my site? Maybe they've seen a particular category or put something in cart and have abandoned. And then if they show up on search again, we can target them leveraging a Google cookie. 
okay. to see that product again or bid a little bit higher or give them a different landing page experience or text ad. And that's pretty commonplace. But I think more interesting would be, are there other additional signals, be they first party on site signals or be they combining different attributes of that individual user and creating these predictive models and scores and then actually folding them back into your search efforts or as I mentioned earlier, your display or video uh, extensions as well. And I, I call it a little bit of like remarketing on steroids because you're really taking you know, into effect the full picture of the individual and not just relying fully on just sort of you know, shotgun approaches of cookies, but rather being more scientific with that application. If you had to just off the cuff estimate, like <laughs> what percent of advertisers are actually at the point of doing that kind of like uh, cross funnel approach, cross channel approach between search yeah. back to something else? Um, what percent would you say are doing that now? Great question. I, it's less than 10% uh, in my estimation today. Uh, and again, that's why we're sort of predicting an acceleration in this area. And it isn't that organizations haven't been thinking about this or doing this. They've been applying this science or this idea to other parts of their business. It could be foot traffic in their stores, or it could be where they think they need to, you know, open the next brick and mortar, or where they send their catalogs. So this is not a new science, but it's applying it directly through the tools and enablement in some of the platforms and then connecting it to the media activation side. So that's sort of the frontier that we're on next year. And then another question for you, would this apply more to enterprise level programs or would this apply to like mid-sized businesses? Is there a certain like strategy like that plays into that side of things? Great question. Yeah, I, I think there is a bit of a economies of scale and, a, and sort of a momentum, a certain sort of inertia that you have to have in customer data. So advertisers who are investing maybe over $10 million in digital media and up per year um, should be benefiting from this type of strategy. But I, I think that number is important because importantly, a lot of mid-sized advertisers may not be putting enough resources or thinking into this approach uh, and thinking it's only for the top you know, 500 or so who are spending a mil 100 million plus. And so that, that middle ground there, there's a lot of play, I believe. Perfect. And does your prediction for like one of the, the main things happening next year um, for the overall digital marketing ecosystem differ for that one that you had pointed out for search? Or, or are they the same? Uh, do, you have a, do you have a different 2021 prediction for overall digital marketing trend um, than the privacy concerns that you pointed out for search? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I have some bold predictions for 2021, which might go a little bit above and beyond, uh, you know, what you'll read in the trades, which has a lot to do as sort of a lot of people speak the same way about what to expect in search in 2021. A lot more automation, tailoring your ad copy and messaging, making sure you're addressing your right audiences, understanding the customer journey. Yes, it's they will be the same in 2022 as in 2023 in that regard too, because they just build on each other year on year on year. Right. So some of the newer ones that I would point out are, I think we'll continue to see a big surge in visualized search. We've seen that mm -hmm. pattern, but I think it continues to take off. 
and other search engines will embrace it as well through, I think Google has 16 different variations of listings that they will put out there between Knowledge Graph and Map Pack and popular products and PLAs. So we'll see more and more of that. And it supports this ever increasing nature of users who are have short attention spans, love news feeds. And you could even see Google bring a news feed to a desktop Chrome browser. I've been saying that actually last year, could take a place this year as well. You go to google.com in a Chrome browser and you could actually see articles that are specific to you and personalized to you, much like you do in your Google app in your own feed coming to desktop Chrome. Um, I think it'd be great for users and for Google themselves. But a bolder prediction might be that uh, Apple actually sort of vocalizes a bit more their plans to launch their own search engine. There's been a mm -hmm. lot of talk in 2020 and speculation about the Apple bot and it's a real thing right. and what will it mean? Right. Uh, I think we actually see in 2021 some either leaked or real uh, news from Apple directly <laughs> on the sort of uh, release of an organic search engine. That sort of paves the way for the ad space for Apple to take it on directly. I don't think that happens next year, but in three years time, we could see Apple going head to head with Google for ad dollars in the search sphere, which would completely shake up the ecosystem. Yeah, I know we already have some search teams who uh, run support on like Apple uh, for app support, um, but I'd be very excited to see them as a huge competitor to Google. Yeah, and it makes sense. Their platform is privacy as well. And I think there's yeah. an element of sort of housing your uh, browsing behavior and data within the Apple ecosystem. And so to an end user and to Apple's sort of chief platform that they've been subscribed to for the last three plus years of privacy, I think it makes a lot of sense um, and would support that direction. But a bold prediction, like I'm saying, is it's sort of the, the, the first mover on a, a path towards some, uh, you know, ad collision, if you will, between and divide or <laughs> dividing collision between the two giants there of uh, Apple and, and Google. Yeah, I know something from the SEO perspective, that's a question we've been wondering about is the, the Apple search engine and seeing how that all plays out. Yeah. And, you know, visual search, I think, plays into that. All these trends converge. Mm -hmm. If you're on a mobile device and you need a quick answer, there's less of a need to have millions of pages combed for the best response. If you can sort of filter yeah. and present an experience, that's the top five. And if you understand the type of content, I mentioned Google has 16 different versions of what they're going to place and where. Um, I don't think it's um too far of a leap for apple you know with all of their cash and developers to be able to <laughs> sort of mimic and focus a similar solution which is you know point in time solution that's guided towards the type of asset i should be receiving in the moment definitely and while we have you we'd be <laughs> remiss to um, just to recap the, the year that was 2020 and all the craziness and excitement that came along with it. Um, when you're hearing from clients and just uh, across the, the different channels that you see and have vantage point into, um, what were the main attributes of, you know, the winners in 2020? Was there anything that set them apart? Yeah. So I think 
Um, advertisers who were able to, you know, one, em, you know, embrace for lack of a better term, they had to deal with the reality of what COVID was and be nimble, be flexible, create plans, stay on top of them, particularly in the big swings of, you know, March, April and May. And then, of course, for a lot of retailers, even in holiday, but the seasonality, but also the sort of reality of the of the timing, you had to be in the moment and you had to you had to work with it and, and be prepared and then react. And so I think those that were the most flexible succeeded the most and those that had the right preparation uh, succeeded the most as well. The same holds true for next year. I've, I've you know, spoken to our teams internally about the NASA mindset, which means, you know, sort of NASA is successful because they prepare for every doomsday situation. What could go wrong? And I'll be ready for it. And hopefully nothing goes wrong. And then we were prepared enough. And so I think in much the same light um, and not all on the dark side, but on on favorable, you know, preparation as well. What are all of the conditions for 21 as a rebound occurs, as a vaccine rolls out? What implications could that have for our business at double growth, at a, you know, a one month surge towards a certain category or product line that we might have or a solution that we've developed and put in market? Um, that type of preparedness is what is needed in the future, but was also sort of successful in the past year. And then I think what I saw that was unsuccessful is advertisers who had a little bit of analysis paralysis. Mm. You know, they were it's sort of the flip side of that same coin. They were sort of unwilling to make a decision or to move right. forward or say, let's right. delay that until next year. And I think they've missed a bit of the opportunity, be it in a business decision or a, a marketing decision. Yeah, people who just kind of buried their head in the sand and <laughs> waited for it to roll over. Yep. Yep. Cool. Andrea, any other questions you wanna you wanna get? Um I don't think so. I think this has been really good and um certainly lots to look forward to for our clients and people listening to the podcast and lots of changes <laughs> coming up. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank Thanks you for so having much. Me on. Thanks for having me on. I'll be back anytime. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We will we will definitely ask for more. All right. For sure. Thank you. Bye.